1: Good afternoon, and welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday message. This is Dave Naderhood, and it's my privilege each week at this time to bring you another great ministry or church that's doing God's work all around the beautiful Bay Area. We have a great church to highlight today, one that God has been using for many, many years, and that is Valley Bible Church of Hercules with their senior pastor, Phil Howard. He'll be delivering the word today in a sermon that's taken from Romans called The Loss of Community with God and Others. Pastor Phil Howard is no stranger to listeners of KFAX. We are very privileged to have Valley Bible Church as one of our local partner churches, on-air partners, and you can hear the Truth for Today radio broadcast featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Phil Howard Every weekday at 5.30 a.m., and then on Sundays at 8.30 a.m., and replayed again at 10.30 p.m. So, again, that's Truth For Today Radio, Monday through Fridays at 5.30 in the morning, Sunday morning at 8.30, and Sunday night at 10.30. It is truly an honor for us to be able to invite listeners out on June 4. That's a Saturday evening to a special listener celebration. They're throwing the party, and you are welcome to come. So again, that's going to be at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. I'll give you the address uh, in just a moment. And it's a free event with food and fellowship and opportunity to get to meet Pastor Phil and meet some of the wonderful folks from Valley Bible Church, as well as hear some testimonies of how the radio show has blessed people all over the Bay Area and around the world. Now, the easiest way for you to get registered for this event, again, you need to get registered, but it is a free event. And the easiest way to do that is to head over to our website, kfax.com, and you can find the Ministry of the Week tab and see the banner there for the Truth for Today Listener Rally. Uh, again, at kfax.com, you can get in touch with us if you need help finding that. Or you can go over to the church website, which is valleybible.org. Again, that's valleybible.org. Valley Bible Church welcomes you to worship with them. If you live anywhere near Hercules or Pinole or in that area, Vallejo, either side of the bridge, if you don't have a church home yet, this is, again, part of the reason that we feature different ministries every week on the Ministry of the Week. To help you get plugged in and growing at a local church. Here is Pastor Phil Howard. He is the senior pastor over at Valley Bible Church of Hercules, our KFAX ministry of the week.
0: We started the year emphasizing two things and departed from Hebrews for a while because we want to launch two things in this church. One is a method uh, and a strategy for you to reach the unsaved people in your world, that 8 to 15 world. There may be many more, but at least start there. Uh, And so we try to give you a handle where to begin. And we emphasize Oikos, the family, the network of friends that you have. I hope you're praying over these people daily. I hope you're using some strategy to be with them, to share the gospel. Something else we did, we reinstated and started anew with small group studies, home studies. And we do it with a uh, passion I never had before because I always, it was just another program. And uh, by the Word of God and the book of Hebrews, uh, as I've confessed before, I've been convicted. And I think today's message adds to it. And I want to speak to you today that about the truth of Romans begins, that we are a community of people redeemed by God and meant to relate to each other in a different way than when we were in the world, when we were not Christians, how we related. Let me give you a little uh, just overview of Romans, its message. It says in the first three chapters, God found us as sinners, all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. And that sinfulness has ruined our relationship with God. We've been cut off. We've been left to ourselves. And it ruined our relationship to one another. Because at the end of Romans 1, we hate each other, we envy, we're jealous. And it goes into about 31 different sins. We murder, we kill, we're immoral. All this stuff, all the gunk that goes on among humanity. No matter where you are on this globe, people are sinning against one another. So he says this, then he gets to chapter Three, and it begins to give God's cure to heal our relationship with Himself. And He said, I must sacrifice my Son to take the place of the sinners that have broken with me and have left to themselves, will go to an eternal, Christless isolation away from me. The furthest thing from community. And he begins describing that wonderful work of restoration in Romans 3 to 8. We have the Holy Spirit. We've been united to Christ. We're not under the law. Uh, our bodies become instruments of God. He talks about God's uh, past and present and future with Israel, chapters 9, 10, and 11. Now when he picks up in chapter 12, he starts talking about our relationship to one another. And he starts saying, give God the body that he's had mercy on. He's been merciful in salvation. How should you respond? Give him your body. Give him what he bought. When you go to the store and you buy something, I don't want them to keep half of it. I paid the price for all of it. And God wants all of you. That's not saying much. But he wants all of you. Right? Right? Let's quit acting like we gave him a big gift. We were ruining it. We're on eight pills a day. And uh, getting ugly. So quit acting like we gave him a big gift. He wants what he bought. You. And he wants to use you. Then he says something. We're related to one another. So here's two things that need to be healed in our salvation. The vertical connection. And then the horizontal connection. You cannot know God as well as God wants you to know Him with just you and Him. You become like who you hang out with. You become to really know God because God happens to be in other people. And they have gifts and they have insights. And they have contributions. And there's a dynamic God has put in each of us so that we're interdependent. We need one another. And we've grown up in a culture that says we don't need anybody. As long as I've got money. We're independent. We're not as communal as some cultures. I'm going to, just to lay the foundation, I'm going to talk about divine community divine relating to one another. And I would say three things about it. Number one, the importance of community. Two, the patterns or the practices that ought to go on in this community. And I'm going to get to what I didn't get to the first service, the power for this community, the power to relate as God wants. Let me talk about the importance of community And I I quote some other people. I heard a lecture uh, that Tim Keller gave at Harvard Club on this subject and a bunch of lawyers and a bunch of businessmen downtown Manhattan. And uh, he talked about community. What has happened in our country? And it starts kind of this way. In 2002, something happened to the business world that shook it to its core. And that is we found out that Enron was stealing and bilking people out of billions of dollars. Remember that crash? 2002. Well, that really got the attention of the business community that you can't count on fiduciary honesty and reliability this high up and the, the billions that were lost. What about 2008? What, what about Sachs? What about all the money the government? By the way, the government happens to be your tax money. The government. Your tax money. Get ready, April's coming. And they they poured billions in to bail them out. You may have lost your home, but the bank didn't lose the bank. Because the government bailed them out. So a disturbing thing came about that says, Where can we teach our young culture, young people, honesty, truthfulness, truthfulness? have morality to have uh, virtues Uh, what happened in the 60's and the 70's we had a moral revolution over sex and basically this is what we concluded in the 60's and 70's whatever you want to do, do it there are no rules so do whatever you want and that became the new norm among the youth of our country and the younger culture sex is open market there are no boundaries Nope. do whatever you feel like doing but people didn't mind that too much especially if they were liberal you know when they got upset is when you start stealing their money they said well we got to do something about the marketplace we've got to instill some kind of honesty With the bank teller, with the bank owner, with NROC, with 5th Sacks, 5th Avenue. Can we trust anybody once we put it in our IRA? Or will it not be there when you need it? So a guy by the name of James Hunter, a sociologist for the University of Virginia, did a big research on where do you get values where do you get a morality, uh, your behavior patterns? And he wrote a book called The Death of Character. Didn't sell too great because of that negative title. He's saying America's lost its character, lost its uh, virtues of any kind. And in that study, he studied years for this book, of schools, they tried to put in education, uh, morality education school, not sex, dare not do that, but economic honesty, um, you know, some virtues, this kind of stuff. And they found out after the whole experience with education, it just wasn't working. It doesn't take. But one of the chief personalities they would keep bringing up in the study for the virtue, let's say, of justice. They kept doing case studies on what produced a Martin Luther King, Jr. They kept, because of the civil rights movement and because of risking his life and becoming martyred in the cause, what produced that kind of a man? Was it his education? Well, what you don't know, unless you read a biography of King, King was dating a white girl up in Boston he was going to Boston University. And uh, he said, I'm never going back to Dixie because I can date whoever I want in Boston. I don't have color codes. I don't have all this being called boy in the South. He said, I'm staying in the North. But God doubt in his heart, no, I want to go back and try to help liberate my people. And so he, he came back to Birmingham where he grew up. And they kept in all the studies, this came out of it. He grew up, he was the product of a community. Hillary would say a village, but Hunter would say a community. And and here's what it was like. Let me tell you what community used to be like in this country. That is, has been shattered, that is lost. It went like this. I can relate somewhat to it. Uh, It used to be in this country, you only had to relate to about four or five different community influences in your life. Let's take King. King grew up in his father's church. Uh, Grew up in the South. uh, But in his dad's day, you went to church together, and your family all lived in the same geographical location. Okay? I can relate a little bit to that. Born in Richmond, South 29th Street. I only, I'm only, i pastoring 10 miles from where I was born. I was born in a project house there, my mother, seventh child, 29th. I lived 10 miles. I've stayed in this church. When I started this church, my mom and dad used to sit over there. Then my two brothers and two sisters came. I've had three daughters. My grandchildren, i got grandchildren. You see, I'm, uh, the Howard family, the LJ, we're an old-fashioned what America used to look like. As far as influence. Because my dad had nine brothers and sisters. My mom had nine brothers and sisters. So I used to have a bunch of aunties. And we lived in this little community. Let me just talk about we'll move from King because I can relate to the same things. In Harbor Gate right now, I could tell you who my neighbors were in nineteen forty eight. The Hosans lived next door. The Tidwells lived about four houses down. Right across from us was the uh, Boone family. One of David's best buddies lived across the ditch named Bruce. Uh, let's see uh, all right next two houses down was my aunt Elsie and uh, Sandra would beat up one of us kids and my mom would send out David he'd beat up one of my cousins keep things even <laughs> and then my mom and dad or my mom and her sister would have a cigarette the next day and be best of buddies <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about do you? because you, you didn't grow up that way but I mean and I can go down if I got in trouble On that block, I got in trouble because I was in a little thieving ring. It was Mrs. Cox, our neighbor, who turned me in. I've never liked her since then. I was in the third grade, and we were successful in stealing pop. But she came and told my folks. So you see, you had all these influences. You had aunts, uncles, cousins. Church. I went to church. Half the church was my family. King grew up that way. And they said Martin Luther King was the product of his community, his parents. When he went to Oslo, they were giving him the Nobel Peace Prize. When he Flew there with his entourage. By the time he'd received the prize, they went back to the hotel. And guys began to open the champagne bottles. And they were going to celebrate that, that Martin had been given this great prize. His father rose up in the midst of all the booze being popped open. He said, stop it, stop it, stop it. He said, we're going to have a time of worship here. He said, I remember when this woman and I knelt on red Georgia soil and asked God for a baby. And God gave us Martin. And I don't need any champagne, but I need to tell God, thank you. Where where was he shaped? His old daddy, mama, Birmingham Baptist Church that community, and it went like that. Now, look at America today. Your families are everywhere. They're scattered. Let me see. Uh, How many of you know the names of your neighbor? Oh, you're doing good. How many of you have ever been sent by your mama to borrow a cup of sugar from your neighbor? see see, we've become as there's some remnants here of of old age here because we've been around a while (laughs) but this doesn't exist hardly in this country you probably can't name four of your neighbors unless you've been there a long time Charlie's on the right Ken's on the left I don't remember Ken's last name I can't hardly remember Charlie's I've been on that block 39 years I only know about five neighbors. I never had them in the house. Why would you have your neighbor in your house? We never knew who lived at our house. Friends, family, our house, it was just people coming and going. See, what we've lost is community. Now, let me give you a little chart here. Okay, let's come up. The loss of community with God and each other. Uh, thank you, Lisa, for making this. I scribbled it. She made it. That there's never been a time when God was by himself. If I ask you, what does monotheism mean? What would you, does anyone know what that means? Uh, can you name me any monotheistic faiths? What were that? Jews, Muslims, Christianity, but what's unique about our Christianity? A Trinitarian God. One divine, but exists in three distinct persons with three distinct consciousness that they are they can have a thought that the Father might not be having. Now they interpenetrate, but ours is a triune God. And for instance, give this for an example. God is always loved, right? Wake up church, I'm talking to you. This is at the stare hour. you got to help me. This is going to be getting longer by the minute. Well, if God was just by himself, that means God has always been an egomaniac. He's always loved himself. Ah, but when you add three persons, how does that work? God the Father has always been loving the Son. He has always been loving the Spirit. And God the Son has always been loving the Father. And He's always been loving the Spirit. And the Spirit has always been loving the Son and the Father. And from eternity, the Trinity has never had a conflict. They have never had to apologize to each other. They have never been rude to each other. They have never sinned against... This is this divine community. And what God, when He came to creation, He decided to create man for community... He wanted man to enter into the kind of fellowship that has existed with the Trinity from eternity. And guess what? Everything started out well, and we read the narrative. And Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, and it was wonderful. There was fellowship, there was peace, and then all of a sudden, sin. And when sin took place, it broke the vertical Connection. We fell out of community with God, and we fell out of community with each other. The man immediately says to God, when he asks Him for why, he said, it's her fault. She told me to do it. Why did you do it, Eve? That snake you put in the garden. Watch this. Chapter 4. They start a family. We have an Abel. We have a Cain. And one day, Cain's out with Abel. God accepts his sacrifice. And the Bible says something like a lion roared up in him. And he kills his brother. And then God asks him, where is your brother? And he comes back this way. Well, am I my brother's keeper? You don't expect me to take care of my brother. I just kill the competition. So the human race is shattered. So that by 11 chapters of Genesis, God has destroyed the race, scattered the nations, confused the languages. And in chapter 12, we said, I'm going to try this again. I'm going to call a man by the name of Abram. And I'm going to reveal myself. And I'm going to give him the sacrificial system and just an attitude of faith. I'm going to restore connection between heaven and earth and then I want his posterity to practice my law among them and celebrate me, and they gave it up for the idols of the Gentiles. We were already out here worshiping animals and beasts and living outside this community, and God visited the Jewish people that abandoned it and went into exile. Now we send Christ I want to rejoin you to God and we crucify him and send him back to heaven. But he sends the spirit, he won't give up. It's a stubborn God we serve. And he says, I'm going to start a church made of Jew and Gentile, absolutely impossible. They hate each other. I'm going to join them together in a new entity called the church. Where I take two hostile peoples and people hostile to me. I'm going to reconnect them with me. And I'm going to make Jesus the head of this family, this church. And I'm going to teach them in this new community how to relate to one another the way God wants you to relate. How should we be relating to one another? He told us these one-anothers in Scripture. There's over 50 of them. Let me give you nine summary statements of how in this new community called the church, the church is not a building, right? The church is not a building. It's people, members of the body of Christ. And I want to just share nine things we ought to be doing with one another. Then I want to give you the power of how you can get in this community. Uh, Let's begin. First of all, in this community, it's a community where we are affirming one another's strengths, gifts, and ability. That's exactly what he's saying in the Romans early passage. Hey, remembers one of another. This part contributes something this part can't. Uh, The eye can't be the ear, but the ear needs the eye. The hands can't be the feet. We keep our feet covered because nobody's got pretty feet. But it's an amazing construction. Your feet. How these little bones can bear your weight up for a lifetime. It's an amazing engineering feat. How can that little bone carry 300 pounds? how can it carry any weight engineering feet you need your feet and so he's saying we need each other and he's saying quit getting stuck on your ability your gift know that your members one another we're interdependent and Americans hate that because we've been taught the lie, every person self-made. That is the biggest lie. Ninety percent of you were shaped just by the family you were put in, whether you like it or not. Good, right, or indifferent. Affirm one another in this community. It's a place where we can say you're not here because of gender, color, social status, uh, you're valuable because God has redeemed you, made you a part, and in this community, we're going to tell you God is using you to make a contribution. Now, none of that happens on Sunday. Where can this take place? You've got to get into smaller communities. There ought to be communities all over this place. A man was sharing with me in the service the struggles temptations and different things coming at them i said you got to get with a small group of men to pray meet them at starbucks but you're not going there for coffee but to get away read a passage together and pray together you can't make it in isolation and if you just attend here on sunday and you go out you belong more to a club than a community this is not the community because the dynamic doesn't happen here how many people have you affirmed since you've been here? And you're thinking, well, I came here for you to affirm me. I know it. But see, it's not a place where you get to hardly. Only the small group configuration allows us to do that, however we do that. Two, we need to uh, learn from one another in community. Uh, learn from one another Because you see in the New Testament, slave, bond, free, Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, they all met together. And even the Greek philosophers would comment about these people who have everything in common. That you don't meet together on the basis of color, racial ethnicity, social standing. Uh, what, What brings you together with these people? Christ. Christ, I formerly hated Jews, let's say. Jew could say, We formerly called you Gentile dogs. We could not even eat with you. But God showed Peter a tablecloth from heaven, said, Eat anything you see there. I've made all foods clean. You could actually have dinner with an Italian boy named Cornelius. You know, those Italians eat anything. And Cornelius goes, "Say, is this a kosher menu? No, it's Italian. God said, I could eat with you. Do you ever have anybody of different uh, social status, different ethnicity eat with you? See, it's one thing for us to come here to this building together, but if you said, Well, I never want them in my home, you call that community? No, I love it when different ones of you repent. Like the McNeils had us over. I mean, it was long overdue. Because I don't care that they're African American. We both love ribs. I mean, and she does them right. Armstrong's just had us over. It's about time. Who do you have over? Do you ever mix with anyone that doesn't look like you? And they may not even vote like you, Trumpite. You need that. You can't keep running with the people that think just like you. Because you're going to have a narrow world view that's just more of your kind of thinking, your kind of everything, as though it is the epitome. That's why you're not changing. You're only running with those that think like you. Three, we need to have an affection for one another that is conveyed. The New Testament, when he said here, love each other with brotherly affection. She qualified the affection. Love one another. That doesn't mean you come up and get to kiss on my wife. <laughs> Stay back, wolf. Back. Wolf, wolf. No. Family. Now, I want to tell you, I have a lot more hugging rights than most. Because I've been in this church for 45 years. Uh, uh, Betty Robinson, some of these people, I've buried their husbands, I've helped bury some children. We aren't just acquaintances. No, 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 no. So don't don't imitate me. You don't get that privilege. Keep your hands to yourself. And there are young women and young men. I think of Nick singing today. Uh, I don't see Della. Uh, We knew Della at Holy Ghost Hall when she was carrying Nick as a baby. Still in her womb. So when I see him a lot of times, I say, you know you're like a son... Just don't ask for any money. (laughs) You know, he's like a son. I've seen him all of his life. I know that boy. Some of these girls around here. I've known them since their mama was pregnant with them. I'm in a family down here, even corporately. I feel family because I've been here forever. You know the favorite time I loved it? It's when we had no more than 200 Don't fulfill a prophecy and I'll leave. Because what I liked about it is our church, when it began, it was community more when we met, even on Sunday. We'd have services, we could sing, stay all night. 19 people grew to 50, 50 to 70. And everything shouts, oh, you're growing, you're doing good. Let me tell you, big numbers does not replace community. Because when you come down here, primarily you're you're depending on the music program and the pulpit. And if those you don't like those two things, you won't be back. You come as evaluator. "Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Oh, there's two new churches in the area. Let me go see what they do. Well, do they share life together? No, I don't want you knowing my life. I grew up, let's say, talking about affection one toward another. I grew up with Pentecostals, and I was at uh, one of their colleges. I, they were never allowed; the students were never allowed to call me Phil. Everything was Brother Howard, and I was only in my twenties. You know, I felt like a kind of a monk or something, Brother Howard. And the students twenty; I'm twenty-two. Yeah, you know, I was usually, say, "Hey, Joe, Mama." hit somebody you know they said well no make it family affection but among them we hugged a lot we shook hands but there's none of this stuff how are you and then a mask and then spray the hand as soon as you take it back there was a the new testament said greet one another with a holy kiss now that's really in the bible What do you make that equivalent to? Coldly greet one another. No, no. There's a family affection. Now, we may not not do that today. Sin, dirty minds, and so much corruption has ruined anything so like affection. But we ought to be in a community where you could be warm, brotherly love. You say, well, I hate my brother. And that may be. Many do. I grew up in a family that I don't hate. I grew up with Christians that I do not hate. I actually got born again. And He makes you love everybody. If you remain hard to get along with, you need to get saved. Because when the love of God is gushed abroad... In your heart, you will love the members of God's family. It's just a family characteristic. You love everyone begotten of the Father. They don't have to look like you, act like you, live where you live. If they know Jesus and they're in this family. They're a brother or a sister. They are to be treated accordingly. It's the end of racism. It's the end of chauvinism. It's the end of class warfare. It's the end of the caste system. It ends all social distinctions. We are family in Christ. All this other stuff is sin. It's sin. It is sin. It is the disintegration of the race. And you know, when I was in Dallas, uh, Democrats. There's one guy, John Pugh, was a Democrat, the only Democrat in that church. If you were a Democrat, you were endangered species in Dallas. Out here, are Republicans in danger? They don't have too many of them running cow. Keep your politics to yourself. Vote for moral integrity and truth. But don't make that the gridiron on which you measure someone. Could you actually go to dinner with a liberal? Well, let's move right on. Uh, uh, Number four, share life together. Not just Bible studies. Share life together. Uh, Eat together. Do things together, if possible. You can't do that with everybody, but get in a community. Our home Bible studies are set up for And some of you are scared to death of community because you haven't learned to relate to people like God wants you to. You want to stand in the corner, maybe and be isolated, uh, maybe be critical. Uh, no, we, we ought to be doing life together. Does anyone ever eat? Do you ever share a meal together? Uh, The restaurants have stolen us of our ministry of just putting people at ease with one another. That's why you get it small enough. Uh, Five, share burdens with one another. Share burdens and uh, care for one another. Uh, I saw some of the staff this week caring for a sister, carrying her, as it were, spiritually. um, Trying to rescue her from her besetting sins and the things that nearly destroyed your life is is this a caring community or do you say I don't want to be around anybody with problems well we let you come you know we used to do a little saying that said if every member of this church was just like me what kind of church would this be go ahead you have a silent prayer if you want If every member in this church was just like me, they give like me, they pray like me, they encourage or they gripe. What kind of person are you? We ought to be the corporate identity of how we're relating. Uh, And so we share each other's burdens and care for one another. I cannot tell you how in the early days we had to be corrected because of IRS. How much money used to circulate among these young believers, many of them uh, just, say, off the streets of Panol and uh, out of different backgrounds, and as they were growing in Christ, pretty soon we would, uh, somebody would hear about a person needed tires for their car, and what they would do in those days, they, they would maybe give it anonymously, but tell our secretary, would just see that they get this. Don't tell them who gave it, but I know they need tires, and I want to meet that need. Well, we finally, IRS says, you've got to give it to the church. And the church makes that declaration. But you cannot believe how much money was being circulated. Because as soon as a young believer heard of another need, give it, give it. Give. they never seen that in their life. I mean, it was just boom, 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 boom. And people are always saying, somebody help me. I don't know who gave it, but the need was met. The need was met. Do you know anybody's needs in this place? And if you did, this probably wouldn't be the context to meet it. Unless it's money. The right pocket is where I receive it, basically. Now, this would be the place. You'd want to get a smaller community. Maybe one-on-one. How many are with me? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, Share beliefs. The Bible says we ought to be of one mind. That's not politics. That's not on the kind of woman I'd pick to live with either. I'm glad she's yours. And I'm glad Carolyn's mine. We differ on women. That's all right. But we ought to be of the same mind, the same things. The truths of Christ, His Word. I mean... Let Some people, they think it's a virtue. Well, I just got to tell you, uh, I don't agree. I don't agree because I'm my own man. Oh, what's new? I'll be glad when your mind starts becoming like Christ's mind and you start thinking the same things as Christ. Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, this mind, the mind of Christ. Do you view things like Christ, not just like your sinful prejudice outlook? Do you have His mind? If we both agree on the Word, we can think the same things. Not everything. we have to wait to heaven for that. Share beliefs. Seventh, encourage one another. Now, we'll come back to that, uh, another message. Forgive and practice reconciliation with one another. We're a community uh, that you don't just take your blue dishes and go home when there's a difference. Jesus did something remarkable in Matthew 5 and 18. In one verse, he says, If you think uh, you've done anything to a brother that's hurt them, go to them. And over here in 18, if you think you've done something, you go. The idea, it's always your move to make reconciliation happen. We're always trying to figure out who's to blame. Why don't we give that up? And whoever can mend the fence and go towards reconciliation, do it. Carol and I know families that don't speak to their children. They don't speak to this. I mean, family members. And it's all of this, uh, who did it last? Are they not called? When it's involved our children, we make the first call. It doesn't matter. We're not willing to lose them. We're too cheap with relationships, aren't we? I don't need you anyway. In the body of Christ, you can't do that. Uh, Finally, you want to serve the interest of one another. Uh, We're all born selfish to the hilt. It's just part of your DNA. You can't help it. You're born a sinner. And what community teaches us is how to get outside of ourselves... And put others first. Let me mention to you the power of community. How? Where can I ever come to live like this? This is nice. It's not like a bunch of half-tos and commands. How, how can I ever live or think this way? There's only one power that can enable you to do this. Jesus Christ came... To bring you into the divine community. It's called a new birth. It's putting faith in Christ. And you become a member. Of God's family. And it's so intimate. That God says the love I share for my son. I will share with you. Jesus prayed in John 17. Father I pray you will love these men. Like you've loved me. You read it. John 17. It's astounding. Love these men. That are going to bail out on me tonight. Please love them like me. And what God the Son did. He took the weight of your sin and your crimes. And it broke the community that existed between him and the Father and the Spirit. He became abandoned and isolated by the Trinity. So much so that while on the cross... He asked God, why have you forsaken me? And I believe he experienced somehow what going to hell for eternity would be like in those six hours on the cross. He knows what it is to lose fellowship with the Trinity. He knows what it is to enter the human family and be hated, reviled, Killed and rejected why? to heal the breach between us and God and begin the restoration of horizontal relationships in our life and he became abandoned by God because God saw your sin your rebellion your hate and in that moment he said I must judge you and abandon you so you'll know what hell's like. This is the reason men are abandoned by me forever. They have chosen sin and hate over me. So on the cross, my God, my God, the one I've had fellowship with from eternity, why have you cut it off now in the hour of my greatest need? And he said, this is the price you'll pay to bring sinners into the divine family. This is the price you'll pay. And I ask you, have you ever taken Christ as your Savior and entered, you may have come in from a broken home, divorce, all the pain of different broken sinful relationships. God is inviting you in Christ. Come to the relationship that only God can make and mend. Come and you'll get God for your father, Jesus for your elder brother, and he'll teach you to start relating to one another in a way that God prescribes. It becomes the sacred community, a pilot plan before unsaved men. This is what Jesus can produce among human beings. We can love each other. We can prefer one another. We can honor one another. We can pray for one another. We can bear one another's burdens. Let me say, you're doing great advertisement for Christianity just by the diversity of this congregation. But now, let's do life together. Let's get in every small group we can and bring people unlike yourself to the table. They don't have to look like you, vote like you, think like you. But if they're in Christ, they're a brother and sister. And you can grow together. God is seeking to restore the community that was destroyed by sin. Restore your marriage. Restore your family life like you've never known before. Only God can do that.
1: And thanks for being with us on the ministry of the week. It, it has been our privilege this hour to be featuring Valley Bible Church of Hercules and their teaching pastor, Pastor Phil Howard, who is not only a wonderful friend and senior pastor of a growing congregation there in Hercules, but he's also been an on-air partner with us at KFAX for many, many years with the radio program Truth for Today. You can hear Truth For Today, Monday through Friday mornings at 5.30. You can also hear them Sunday mornings at 8.30 in the morning, and then you can hear them again Sunday evening, 10.30 p.m. We're really privileged to have such a great Bible-teaching church, such a solid bunch of believers, led by a wonderful preacher, Pastor Phil Howard. And to have them as an on-air partner has truly been a delight and privilege for our radio station for many, many years. Don't forget, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, Valley Bible is hosting a listener celebration on Saturday evening, June 4, starting at 4 p.m. It's going to have food and fellowship, opportunity to meet Pastor Phil and some of the folks from the church, and to hear some testimonies on how the radio program has blessed listeners' lives from all over the Bay Area and even around the world. So again, we want to invite you to come on out saturday june 4 valley bible is hosting it everything's paid for you just need to contact the church and get registered to do so you can go to our website kfax.com and click on the banner for the truth for today listeners celebration or you can head directly over to the church website valleybible.org again that's valleybible.org You can contact us here at the station by email or give us a phone call or even hit us up on our Facebook page. We'd be happy to get you some more information about this exciting evening coming Saturday, June 4, over at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Once again, the church address is 1477 Willow Avenue in Hercules. And that website, one more time, valleybible.org. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ministry of the Week Sunday message. We hope that this message today has been a blessing to you. Please remember that, like all of our local ministries on air, that Valley Bible Church and Truth for Today, these ministries come to you because they are listener-supported. So if it's been a blessing to you to hear Pastor Phil preach for all these years, we hope that you'll consider making a financial donation to the church to help keep them On the air. As I share every week, it is a real privilege to be able to shine a spotlight into what God's doing in churches, big and small, all around the bay, and to help you get connected and growing in a local church in your neighborhood. If you need help finding a local church, you can get in touch with me, Dave Naderhood, here at the station, and we'll help you try to find a church that's teaching the Bible right in your community. We always want to remind you that KFAX exists to amplify the Word of God and to supplement your walk with Christ, but never to be a replacement for your participation in a local congregation of believers. So again, if you need help finding a Bible teaching church, or perhaps you're going to a church, but you'd like to find a ministry to get plugged in with and helping out in the community, get in touch with us here at the station, and we'd be happy to try to help you do just that. Now don't forget to tune in tomorrow at 7.35 p.m. as we'll be featuring another Ministry of the Week. And next Sunday at 12 noon, we'll have the Ministry of the Week Sunday message. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Sunday afternoon. Grace and peace to you.